Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Words pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy calling hogs. We is heading for bear on I 10 about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pig Pen, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. This is really important. 
Okay, there's nothing more important than this topic right here, which is why it leads off the program. Okay, that'd be best carrying. Everybody, everybody is wanting to know right now, this minute, is Michelle Obama going to be at the border and hand feed all of those little children? <laughs> Very good. Now, it's important. (laughs) It's important that you all understand that Michelle Obama, George Soros, Bill Gates, they all plan to be at the border. Bill Gates and George Soros will be handing out $100 bills to all immigrants with enough money to set them up in the United States, pay all their legal fees to come here legally and get jobs and rent in houses. They're going to pay for them to maintain themselves for one year. Okay? One year, all the migrants. And Michelle Obama will hand feed all the cheering as the rest of them are in the lines getting their handouts. No government agency will suffer as a result of this. I also heard that Garth Brooks and Tim McGraw and Faith Hill are going to be down there to provide free concerts in Espanol. The kids will store like they did when they were under Michelle Obama's rules at school. So, all right, guys, let's talk about some new. We're going to talk about some some new rules here on the programs, um, just so everybody's aware. Uh, This will be the last Ragtag Radio episode on Tuesday for the month of October. And we will be doing Ragtag Radio Independent on the second Tuesday of every month. Okay, so Ragtag Radio will be independent on Tuesdays, the second Tuesday of every month. Ragtag Radio will simulcast with Political Straight Talk every Friday evening. So... Just put that in your calendars. Uh, standalone ragtag episode on Tuesdays, second Tuesday of the month. Those ragtag episodes will be issue specific. In other words, we won't cover current events or anything in those. We'll be talking about specific issues, guests, etc. So put that in your calendars. Also, another rule: um, we did this once before. It worked pretty good. Got away from it. So we're gonna we're gonna go back to it for a while. And that is, we're going to do this in roundtable format. When we throw a topic out, everybody will get an opportunity to respond. You will have two minutes to respond to each topic that we throw out. If there's extra time at the end, um, we can do an open discussion. That gives everybody an opportunity to uh, say things. Also, as a final note, to get the house cleaning out of the way, um, when we're on recording, um, let's not cross-talk and let's not call out any member, whoever they may be. If that happens, I won't even discuss it. I will just simply go in and kick whoever does it off the call. Okay? But having said that, everybody needs to respect everybody, and let's stay within the confines of the two-minute roundtable. I know our discussions get animated at times. That makes for good ratings. People like it, Uh, and we want everybody to be able to participate and occasionally, I know people are gonna gonna have things to say across, but let's uh, let's keep it to where everybody's point gets in and uh, the audience gets to hear. Uh, 
everybody. I think everybody wins that way. So now having said that, let's let's go through some topics. Um, I'm going to save the convoy for last because that will take up the most of our time because there's a lot of facets there. I'm going to start with this whole Space Force thing because I was <laughs> watching a story and the the thing that, that struck me with this is it wasn't Fox News that originally ran the story about the Space Force gear. Okay, evidently somewhere in the past couple of months, uh, Space Force gear, uh, you know, President Trump had mentioned the Space Force, and so Space Force uh, gear has popped up. And so there's a story that first came up on CNN, and ABC picked it up. So they have started selling <laughs> Space Force gear. Yeah. Okay. And it is, I love it, dude, just to be honest. I uh, I love it. I know there's a lot of uh, people making light of it, but... Uh, <laughs> I love it. Okay, so basically what the Space Force is, is it is a, I would assume, an satellite-type missiles that uh, basically protect the United States and our allies from space. Uh, if you want to, you can coin it back to the Star Wars of the Reagan era and the Bush era. Just so you all know, and... It's not a huge secret, but there are weapons in space, put in space by certain administrations um, that match very similar to the Star Wars effect. Is it the full dome shield that they wanted? No, but just know that we're not naked up there. Um, what do you all think about the Star Wars? Well, I'm going to call it Star Wars. I know they're calling it Space Force, but I'm going to call it Star Wars. Um, just because Ronald Reagan's my dude and he called it Star Wars, so Star Wars it is. Uh, Trisha, what do you think about it? I think at this point in time we do need it. Do you think it's a reality? Yeah. Or that it can be a reality? It can be a reality, yes. Chairman, how do you think that it becomes a reality? Go ahead. President Trump said that he, he, he was going to enforce it, so let's see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Madam Chairman, what do you think about the Space Force, Star Wars, and what does it take to make it a reality? Look, I say more power to it the way uh, Trump's rolling through this agenda. If he can get us on the cutting edge of something, I say go for it. When he wins, oh, go ahead. Sorry, when he wins uh, this midterm, and there's a red wave, the economy is going to explode. It's going to be one of the best Christmases we've all had in a long time, and the economy in January, February is just going to take off. And uh, I don't know what the left are going to do. They're just going to sit back and cry, I guess. But. Uh, <clears throat> 
It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Okay, green bean. No comment. You don't like the Space Force idea? Just don't have any comment on it. Okay. All right. And Nurse Feel Good? Um, geez, you know, I kind of think it's a great idea. Um, I think we we do need some with all the technology that's going on between China and whatnot that we do need protection. And I'm just wondering how much it's going to cost. And you know the Democrats are going to be against it. But I'm wondering how many Republicans are going to be, you know, on board with it too. So. I look at it, it's almost like John Kennedy in 1960, was it? He said, Mm -hmm. we choose to go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. You know, so you kind of look at it in that that aspect. Okay. Well, I... See. Lord, I've already went through everybody on this one particular topic. Wow. Boss Lady, you got any comments on it? No. All right. Well, no, it is. I know she's going to have a comment on this uh, caravan. We uh, we just uh, attended a little get together for her mother, where that was the <laughs> topic. Uh-huh. It was uh, it was interesting. So, okay, so let's go with yeah, let's do this. So, I'm trying to remember all the topics I got to cover today. Well, let's go to blue wave. Let's go to red wave, blue wave, because that's gonna that's gonna tie into part of it. So last yesterday, during the day, as I was keeping an eye on the news, I happened to notice that Democrats were out in force, beginning to walk back uh, the blue wave comments that they had been three weeks earlier claiming a big victory. Now, for those of you that that follow politics and understand politics, let's talk a couple of things. Yes, historical fact is the party in the White House loses in Congress in the midterms. It's only not happened twice since the Civil War. Okay, uh, both of which I've been alive for, by the way. Yeah. Uh, secondly, secondly, midterms are referendum on the president. Okay, whoever he or she may be, the referendum is on the president. 
and C, you can't, you know, I've heard a lot of talk today about President Trump's approval rating at 47, 48%, his disapproval, 48, 49%. Now, you can't really pay a lot of attention to those. Uh, you really can't pay a lot of attention to a ton of polling data, and I know that kind of goes against what you've heard me say in the past, but if you look a little deeper on these polling data, and if you look at what goes on around the country. So we're going to take a little trip down to Texas and the rally that happened there last night. Admittedly, I did not get to hear all of it. I did get to hear a good chunk of it. Didn't get to hear all of it. But here's the deal. You have in Texas at this rally. Now, remind you that Texas was the scene of a pretty big fight in the primaries two years ago. Okay? You had President Trump labeling Ted Cruz as lying Ted. You had them going at it. You had you had a huge fight going on. Okay? Guy comes into Texas who is in the home state of, of Ted Cruz, who's very popular amongst the GOP crowd in Texas. And he draws in what admittedly is over 100,000 people. Okay, Now, the numbers are all over the place about how many actually got into the venue, how many were outside, I remember this. The venue itself holds 14,000 people, and the venue was packed to the gills. As a matter of fact, the fire marshal and the Secret Service told them no more people in this building. Outside the building, you had tens of thousands of people watching on jumbotrons as this rally for Ted Cruz and other Texas delegation individuals took place. Okay, now why is that? Why is that interesting? Here's why it's interesting. Number one, he's been in office for two years. People have had two years to get used to him. And he's going out on the campaign trail, and he is drawing thousands of people. Okay? And we're not talking, you know, five, ten thousand here, five, ten thousand there. We're talking twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand. You've had people that's driven for hours upon hours to go see the president. And does it happen with presidents? Yes, it does. But let's go over to the other side of the token. And you have the poster boy for the Democratic Party, Barack Hussein Obama, on the campaign trail yesterday. He drew 2,000 people versus 100,000 people. Okay. Now, the, the only positive that I think the Democrats can take from Obama being on the stump for them is that A, he's a better campaigner, and B, it's not Hillary. Okay? But if you put Obama's crowd against the president's crowd, there's no comparison. And if you look at the people that were at Trump's rally, or Cruz's rally, however you want to look at it, they were happy. People were upbeat. People were excited. 
at Obama's rally, people were mad, sour-looking. It was it was like you had went to the funeral of the relative you didn't like much but hoped you might be in the will and just found out that they didn't leave you a dime. Okay? So here's – I guess i tell you all this, and I'm going to let you all kind of talk about this a minute, but the the reason I bring this up, is because on TV yesterday, today, a couple of days of the weekend, I have heard this is going to be very close. Democrats will have an edge because Republicans just aren't motivated. And Republicans are statistically and historically under the gun. And there's just not a mathematical path to keeping the House. I heard that on PMS NBC. And I'm thinking, somebody ought to play Morning Joe, where they were like, there is statistically no path for uh, Donald Trump to the White House. And the next morning, they're like, there was a statistical path to President Trump. So, um, you can look at crowds as an indicator. I know I've told you before, you know, don't put a lot of stock in that. But here's why we can this go round. Number one, you have a guy that has been in office for two years. People know him. People are comfortable or uncomfortable with him. Okay, so there's number one. Number two, polling numbers. His numbers are dead even. His favorables and unfavorables are dead even. That's good um, for a president. It's not great, but it's good for a president going into a midterm. But most importantly, Republicans have decided to wake up and peak at the right time. So, today, they have released the numbers, okay, in the early voting states. My home state of Tennessee has the lowest voter turnout of all 50 states during the elections. As of right now, end of business today, over 320,000 people have voted of which 65% are Republican. Now, something to keep in and by the way, every other early voting state that has kicked off voting, it is the exact same way. Republicans are through the roof. The only place where it had not matched it heavily was Nevada, and Nevada, as of last night, had turned around and Republicans edged out the Democrats. Why is this important? Number one, Republicans do not vote early. Okay? They don't. If you look at elections, you will find that a lot of times during early voting, the Republican comes out under the gun, even in heavily Republican states. Early voting totals just aren't super heavy for Republicans unless something's got them motivated and fired up. In one of the most sparsely populated counties in the state, Green County, okay? Total of about 68,000 people total. Already, with the first week of early voting done, 22% of the voting population has already voted for that county. That is a Republican county. There are maybe 10 Democrats in the entire county. Okay? Why is that important? Look at... Go to every state, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. Um, oh, there's others. But 
look at all these early voting states, and Republicans are outpacing Democrats in some areas almost two to one. This is important. Now, it's going to lead us into when we go to talk about the convoy, uh, but I don't want to go to the convoy yet. So um, blue wave, red wave, I know I've asked this before. Do we see a blue wave, a blue trickle, a red trickle, or a red wave? Why and why not? And we're going to swing out of the gate with green bean on this one. If the people in this country are smart and they care about their freedom, it better be a red wave. That's all I got to say. Okay. That really wasn't my question. My question is, based on based on what you see in your state of Indiana, based on what you've seen, I know you were watching the the thing last night. Um, based on what you're seeing, what what do you foresee it to be? Why and why not? Why or why not? I think it will be a red wave in Indiana because historically it is a Republican voting state. But in light of everything that is going on with the country, the insanity of the left that we see more and more every single day, the walk-away movement, as well as the nonsense that's going on at the border, I believe that there will be a red wave. I do not believe that Donnelly will take the, the Senate. I believe that Mr. Braun will get it this year. That's all I got to say. As for the House, God help us if we wind up with Pelosi. Well, I know as of yesterday, Donnelly was up. Not by much, but he was up. He's within the margin of error. So Braun needs to finish strong. Um, next up is... Ooh. This one will go to Nurse Feelgood. Well, I'm sorry. I was putting sheets on this. Um, what's funny about this thing in Tennessee is Democrats are screaming voter suppression. Well, of course, they're losing. So, you know... <clears throat> They're going to screen suppression wherever they feel that they're not getting ahead. Um, I think people are pissed, um, not only over what happened to Justice Kavanaugh, but they're pissed about this caravan that's coming, and Democrats won't do a damn thing to stop it because they're the ones that are paying for it mainly source, <clears throat> and probably Obama is backing him. So, you know, you got those two factors, and people are going to come out because they're mad, and they want something done on immigration. And I heard tonight President Trump is uh, deploying. I'm, I'm not talking about, I don't want to talk about the border right oh, now. I'm, You're going into a topic I don't want to discuss. I'm sorry. I want I'm sorry. to discuss simply, well, do you see a red wave, 
a blue wave, a red trickle, a blue trickle. Why or why not? I see a red wave because people are mad. And those are the two reasons. But anger doesn't win elections. Well, I know that, but it will drive them to the polls because people are fed up with how... So do you think in the state of Tennessee where voter turnout in early voting has been not as high, it's not broken many records statewide, but it is high. It's 2016 level high. And that's odd for a midterm because the previous midterm, by the end of the first week of early voting, less than 100,000 votes had been cast across the entire state. So my question is, do you think Democrats are surprised at the forcefulness of which Republicans are coming out? Yeah, I do. They're shocked and they're dismayed and they don't know how to deal with it. They have no agenda. I know... I know they're shocked in other states. I know they're shocked in North Carolina. I know South Carolina, they're kind of like scratching their head. Georgia's in trouble. Uh, Georgia actually had a pretty good chance to go Democrat in the governor's mansion because of the history being made with her. Um, but that got blown out the window yesterday, which we're going to discuss. So um, so you say red wave. Red wave um, because, you you're know, two minutes. I understand. Your time's up. Okay, sorry. All right, so I'm going to move on to Cat Lady. Do you see red wave, blue wave, red trickle, blue trickle? Why or why not? In my state, I have to go with blue wave because my state is basically democratic. But overall, I'm going to say red wave. Okay, and why do you see a red wave overall? Because, number one, the rallies that Trump's doing, um, how many he's drawing, and now after two years, common sense. There's that many attending his rallies, and they're voting, then it's going to be a red wave. Rain coming in. <laughs> Sounds like a train coming into the station. Ow! That's I have my no ear. idea. starters down there for Alex Whoever that is in the background, mute yourself or I'm going to have to mute you. Okay. Wow. All right. So let's see. Let's go to Madam Chairman. Red wave, blue wave, why or why not? Oh, complete red wave. I think this has ticked people off beyond just beyond anything that's going to be measurable until the day of the election because I think they showed their one one thing they overplayed their hand with Kavanaugh 
Number two, they've already shown their hand in this, this caravan uh, because people have time. It struck with early voting. If they would have waited until early voting was almost over, or at least in the middle of it, the second week, they uh, probably wouldn't have an advantage. But since they started so early and it's already hit the news and everything, people are going to have a two full weeks of early vote and then again vote on November 6th. Okay. So, so red wave. They would, play the, they would play their hand and they, they did not play their hand well in this one because I, I don't know too many people that don't know that this is something staged and that there's somebody with big money behind it. <laughs> Okay. Let's see. Did I call on everybody that wanted to be called on for this round? Boss lady. Um, I have a message that says don't call on me. So, <laughs> <laughs> if if she wants to comment, she can unmute and comment. She'll probably want to comment on the on the last topic. So, all right. So. Let's move on to the the next the next topic, and I'm I'm yeah we're gonna we're gonna go away from full blooded politics for a few minutes and and a uh, couple of things here. Number one, people that battle. Well, no, let's go to Georgia. So yesterday, a story broke about the. African American female running for governor in Georgia, and that basically she had burned the state flag at some point yep. in time. College days. Well, she did admit that she did this. She hasn't denied it, and she says, you know, hey, college days, uh, freedom of expression, yada yada yada. Now, as many of you know, I actually agree with that statement. I think if you want to fire up the flag and burn it, whether it's our state flag, whether it's our federal flag, burn that baby. Okay? Light it up and watch her burn. Okay? Now, I know there's people on here who don't agree with that, and I'll be glad to explain my logic if you want me to, but so be it. However, the state of Georgia don't like it very much. And so she's concerned that this will hurt her voter turnout. I happen to agree. But here's where I disagree. Should it hurt her voter turnout? Why or why not? Cat lady, you're up. Because a lot of people that, well, especially your your conservatives, Republicans, don't believe that whether you did it in college or when, if you burn the American flag, then you're very unpatriotic. She burned the she burned the state flag. This was the state flag. She didn't burn she didn't burn the American flag. But why why is a person Okay, well let's let's take it down a notch and say, okay, here's my follow-up question: Why is someone unpatriotic because they choose to burn the American flag or the state flag? 
what why are they unpatriotic because if, if you burn your country's flag or even your state's flag that tells other people that you really don't want to be here that you don't even like this country or like the state that you're in okay what if I told you that those people that are doing that very action are respecting the flag even though they don't know they're respecting the flag? Well, I know that it's been said that when the flag, especially the the, the uh, American flag, when it gets worn and torn and, and battered and all, that the you way to dispose of it is... To Yes, but you... I can't. Now, now, granted, there is a ceremony where you burn the flags, okay? Um, but, again, I come back to, and, and everybody's going to get a chance to respond on this, so everybody hold time. Uh, I come back to the argument of that flag is a rag, okay? Both of them, state flag, the American flag. It is nothing more than cloth sewn together with designs on it. Alone, that piece of cloth means nothing. It's what you carry with you that is representative, what you have inside of you that is representative and what that flag stands for. Okay? So without that, that flag's a piece of cloth. Those individuals don't have that respect. But in this country, should we, the nation of the free, ban someone's expression of burning that flag, burning a symbol, whether it's a state flag, whether it's a federal flag? And I pose that question to... Hmm. Well, let's go to Green Bean. She's up. Well, no. Shouldn't burn the flag. That's a no-brainer. When I was a young okay. girl in school, when I was a young girl in school, we didn't even let the flag touch the ground. You're not Why? supposed to. If it touches the, the ground, you're to burn it. Because the flag represented staying up and being held up against the British. You see, what we're doing here by allowing it is you can call it freedom of expression all you want to. But I personally think that this whole business of freedom of expression has been taken just a tad bit too far. And what I mean by that is we have a generation of people who have been raised in this country without enough boundaries. It's proven every day in every aspect of our lives. It's not just in politics. It's not just in burning the flag. It's in every aspect of our lives. We see. So should we? So follow so, the question. So the freedom of expression 
I believe the boundary line is if you're going to teach one generation to respect the flag because it flew high and it stayed flying high and continued to fly, even though the British was going after it hot and heavy, and they told us over and over again that the only thing you have to do to stop the bombing of your uh, uh, of America was to lower that flag, and they would not do it. That is is reason enough to have respect. But you can't expect a, a generation of people who doesn't know the history of this nation to, to have any kind of respect for anything that they don't understand. And when you let people take okay. history away, well, you know, you're going to have other things taken Coming. away. Coming back to start. <laughs> com- coming back to the flag, okay? And let me use that argument. So here's my follow-up question. So you know what that flag stands for. I know what the flag stands for. And I promise you, no flag that I've ever touched or been responsible for has ever touched the ground. If a flag touches the ground, it is to be burned. Okay? But... Not everybody feels that way about the flag. Not every American looks at the stars and stripes and gets goosebumps. Not every fly, not every American is willing to lay down their life to defend the ability of that flag to fly high. So not my every question Americans is, go out to a, a grave of their family member that fought so that we could all live the free life that we do. Understood. So having said that, and, have, and understanding that, and using the last statement you said before I asked my follow-up question, you said we're losing freedom. Yep. Why do they not have the freedom to exercise their right, and it is a right, to burn that flag and say, I don't believe that this cloth is representative of my American values? Because, again, if they don't believe what that flag stands for. Tell me an American itself, value that, that doesn't have respect for the flag and what it stands for. Tell me one value that makes sense. And then I'll, oh, I'll agree I can, I can give you an entire generation, probably two of people, that don't understand that flag to them. It's just the flag that flies above government buildings and at most businesses. I'm simply saying that, and, and we'll bring it back to the governor, the governor's race in Georgia, should she be held responsible or should she lose votes because she chose to burn the state flag of Georgia in protest? Listen. If somebody asked me if I thought that Jane Fonda could run for president today, I'd tell them, well, she could give it her best shot, but I really doubt very seriously, even with all her money, that she'd ever be elected. Now, why is that? Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda's different. Jane Fonda's different. Jane Fonda's guilty of treason. She provided aid and comfort to the enemy. Okay, that is a whole different ballgame than the flag. Okay. I'm simply asking. So what's the difference listen, in my book? Somebody I'm that simply, wants to burn the flag or worse poop on it, which I've seen that too, is a traitor to this country. To, and you're telling they me didn't that pr- ignorance should be an excuse. I'm saying it's not. 
I'm, I'm asking questions. Is, is another subject matter, but the, the fact is I'm, they should know better. I'm asking. I'm asking, should the governor's candidate in the state of Georgia lose votes or be held accountable for burning the state of Georgia's flag in protest? And if so, is that is that restricting her freedom? That that's all I'm asking. No, she has the freedom to run, and if that's a fact of something that she did that came out on the campaign trail, well, then the voters still have a voice to go to the ballot box and vote whichever way they prefer. And it depends on what the majority in Georgia thinks. If they think it's wrong to burn the flag, well, then I guess she probably won't be voted in. Simple as that. All right. Then that that was my question. Thank you. Okay, up next, Nurse Feelgood. Yeah, I think she should lose votes because I think amendments should be made to the Constitution. It is against the law to burn the American flag. It's a symbol. It's who we are. It's what we are. And so it just means the state and the state flag, too. If I were and if, a, if an amendment, if an amendment was ever attempted to be made to do that, I would spend every waking minute that I had available fighting it. Thank you. Well, All right. I, hello, I have two minutes, please. It it hasn't had anything to do with, you know, freedom of speech, you know. No, it doesn't. It has to do with freedom of expression. So why should we limit someone's ability? Why should we limit someone's ability to express themselves through burning, which, by the way, is a respectful way to to dispose of a flag? Um, Well, that's exposing it by the BAW but not by if I went out and burnt the American flag in my parking lot. You know, I'm sorry, that's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the country. It's disrespectful to the veterans who bled and died to keep that flag flying. I'm sorry. It's a, it's, it should be an amendment, but it's against the law. And we're gonna have so to you would take away, so you would take away someone else's, you would take some, away someone else's right to express their way just because you disagree with it. I think Germany started out that way, huh? It's a, it's a difference to express your, your feelings in other ways besides burning a flag. They only burn the flag for attention and because they disrespect the country that it flies. That's okay. how I feel. The All intent right. behind Ah, but we can't govern intent because to govern intent is to get into people's thoughts. No, it's blatant right there. I mean, if they drop the flag and burn it, then that's one thing, but they're just burning it for the hell of it? A little different. But wouldn't it be better? in a country where we have freedoms, wouldn't it be better to give the person the opportunity to say, okay, I respect my country and my flag enough not to disrespect it. Why should we put restrictions on a cloth? 
to touch us a cloth. Connor's Why saying they, no, as, don't worry. little old lousy cloth all over a casket when a veteran's died. <laughs> all right. Madam Chairman, you're up. Well, I think she has the right to. I don't like it. And others probably won't like it either, and they won't vote for her. But, you know, in her race, people are going to vote for her anyway because she's black. If they're black, they do that. Well, I, I have noticed that in in certain races that that happens. Um, for the record, the United States flag code in the U.S. Uh, code does ban or does make illegal, by the way, the burning of the U.S. flag. There is no need for a constitutional amendment. You just enforce the rule of the U.S. code. Then you have no issues. Okay. So... We're at what time are we at? Okay. Okay. All right. So let's go into the topic that's going to get everybody fired up. So about a week ago, a few downtrodden, poverty-stricken, <laughs> oppressed, fearful, scraggly individuals began the long, arduous task of trekking their way to the nearest country for asylum because they were so depressed and oppressed in their own country. And along the way, much like Forrest Gump, people just began to follow them. And they went up through Guatemala, got to the Mexican border, and the Mexican police were like, halt. Policia. And they were like, no. And they went on through. Now, according to the cameras, those little uh, metal guardrails they had up, which wouldn't stop a piss ant from coming through, um, they show them violating like Mexican back right. sovereignty. Back right. Uh, back cr- crossing, crossing over the bridge that leads from by the way, a lot of people will tell you that it's the Guatemala that is the border, but that's not true. The border is actually prior to the bridge, and you cross the bridge, and then there's a checkpoint uh, there. Okay, and the checkpoint they just let them through. They're just like, hey, pfft, as long as you're going to the United States, keep on walking, buddy. Now. Here's what's interesting about this, because I didn't really start paying attention to this caravan until yesterday. Because, you know, we know that somebody's behind it. But are the Democrats really behind this? So earlier today, the Venezuelan vice president comes out and says, I started this. I sent people on their way. Okay. And the first group was, in fact, Venezuelans. And then you got a lot of others to come along. I truly believe it's a coordinated effort between South American countries and Catholic Charities. I don't doubt for two seconds that Catholic Charities is behind this, uh, as far as money goes. So 
I've listened to the reports on different networks. On the anti-Trump networks, you hear the poor downtrodden women and children and, and emaciated men and awful, just terrible conditions and blah, 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 blah. Okay. And so then, yesterday, I decided to pay attention to the crowds as the cameras were panning over them. Just about all of them I saw in Under Armour gear. Okay? I saw in in high-end clothing. I didn't see no cheap, you know, Walmart clothes. Most of them had a name brand. Okay? Their shoes are in great shape. Their backpacks are full. The kids are running around. You even see the Red Cross there. Reporters are embedded with this caravan. And I don't think anybody's thinking. If this was really the hard scrabble razzle bunch that certain media outlets are trying to play them off to be, they wouldn't have reporters embedded with them. Okay. If you were paying attention to the satellite images, you will notice there are buses galore to put these people on. Until it's camera time, and then they're walking. And I heard on CNN today that that so many people are dehydrated, and, and hundreds and hundreds of the children are, can barely make it and are knocking on death's door. But from all the camera angles, I saw kids running around playing, having a grand old time. And this was live. So political ramifications. Um, there's a few. Um, I'll give. We'll go around and talk about this, and then I'll give my my thoughts on it. I'm going to start this. I'm going to give Boss Lady the first crack at this one if she wants it. She yelled in here and said, no, she does not want it. I can tell you I can tell you her beliefs on it, though. Right now, I'll just go ahead and tell you. She thinks that we ought to put them in single file lines, give them all a stamp like you do at Chuck E. Cheese, and let them in. <laughs> I call bullshit. <laughs> A single file line with stamps that was stamped with a bullet, maybe. Return to sender, address unknown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so I'm going to give, I'm going to go to this one. I'm going to take this one first and give it to Madam Chairman. So she's got the first crack at this one. We will extend the time to this one to three three to four minutes because I know everybody's up at this one. And we'll do follow-ups and come around again, so don't worry about trying to get everything in. Look, if those people were actually walking 25 miles a day, they would not be able to walk 25 miles the second day. There's no way when your feet aren't conditioned. Why do you think marathoners have to uh, work up to run in a marathon? Because your body is not accustomed to doing that. You get blisters on your 
feet, you cramp. I mean, those people that are in those that caravan, their faces are clean. There's no sweat running down them. Their hair's done. Their clothes are clean. I don't see anybody limping. I mean, and where's the dirt trail? How are they feeding these people? Where are all these people pooping? Where are all these people sleeping? I mean, it, it's it's a well-organized invasion. I don't know who's behind it, but if there's embedded uh, embedded journalists down there, Project Vertas ought to be down there in the middle of it. Even Sarah Carter today said that they were down there in Mexico and there was M13 people in the caravan. Mm-hmm. Well, they they have confirmed uh, this has broke on two networks, uh, Washington Times and the Fox News Channel. They have confirmed there are uh, MS-13 criminals and gang members and others inside of this group of people. It has been confirmed. Uh, Great Britain has confirmed it. The United States has confirmed it. Uh, Mexico has confirmed it. So they are picking people up. Didn't All right, next up. Um, I know Mexico's picked some up. Don't know how many, but I know they picked some up. Uh, next up, Green Bean. Sheesh, where to start? Um, one one point that kind of goes along with what you just said uh, before I even say anything is um, it's not just MS-13 that's in there, and it's not just their, you know people that they believe is from the Middle East and banned countries, if you will. Uh, there are also, and this was this was a given, and this was proven, uh, people that had been deported were coming right back in. So yes, they they had one on camera today, and have been deported. So they have already been found to be criminal and been deported, and are coming back. Yeah, they had several on camera today that said they had been deported and that they were going to make it back into the U.S. That one said he had a job in Texas he had to get to. Well, there you go. So yes, um, we. Uh, Many of them were were also interviewed, and they were seek, they said they were seeking asylum because they could not get a job in their own country, right. and that isn't reason for asylum in our country. Right. They they so, have said that, um, but that that is the number one thing being said. But most of the journalists have also said that as they get closer to uh, the United States border, there will be a couple of big towns where U.S. lawyers are waiting to advise uh-huh. them what and how to say uh, to immigration officials. Okay, this so, is not okay. This is where I'm drawing the line. Who do these people think that they are 
that they can give away our country to these people. Because that is exactly what they're doing. Okay? I don't care however many thousands Obama tried to bring in, and let me tell you what, when that was happening and we saw what was going on over in Europe, which was these same type of invasions, took place in Europe two years ago during our presidential election. We saw it day after day after day going on over in Europe. We saw videos of women in certain, um, uh, these same countries are supposedly coming from now who are crying. Oh, it was one that was specifically to, uh, from Italy. And she talked about how they were coming in on boats and they were invading their, their homes. Right. They came and, in and, and they walked right into their homes and took their homes over. She was freaking right. out. So right. all I can say, and they were coming from different countries. All I can say about this is if, you know, I have been on Twitter, and for those who are, I have been trying to follow and, and watch what Trump is tweeting. And thus far, unless I'm, I have missed something that's been later this evening, earlier today, all I hear was blaming the Democrats. And as far as I'm concerned, somebody needs to step up and say, look, when it comes to our national security, and I'm praising Mike Pence for what he's done, because apparently he's trying to step up. Somebody needs to inform Trump. He doesn't need anybody's permission. He needs to get the military he's, down there. And they need to he's step aware. into that border, and they need to raise okay. their guns and tell them that if they I, try to come into our country illegally, Jill. that there could be real issues. Now, wait a minute. Let me finish. Tom. Tom, All they to need to back. do is shot fired in the Tom. air. They will turn Jill. around and go the other way. Tom, hang on. I'm, I'm coming back around to everybody. Let me get through everybody one round. I'm coming back. All right, next up is, let's give this one to Cat Lady. You're up. Mine's going to be short and sweet. They're not welcome and they're not wanted. Period. Well, how does that make you feel? All right, nurse feel good. You're up. Okay. Well, I think source is behind it. I mean, you know, come on. Three weeks. No, Catholic charity. Listen, Catholic charities is working with the Venezuelan government to get this started. Catholic charities is the one behind this. They're the ones that's going to get the financial windfall should they make it to the U.S. border. Well, I think it's also strange that it happened three weeks before the election. Um, you know, um, what did they hope well, to do? Well, we're going to talk about that. What they hope to do, make President Trump look bad? It's not making him look bad, because he's going to deploy the military and going to stop them dead in their tracks. So, you know, they can come if they want to, but they ain't going to get over the border, period. You know, and somebody told me on, on Twitter, you know, uh, stop being fearful. I am fearful. I'm fearful about who's coming in, MS-13. In Mexico, arrested a hundred ISIS uh, terrorists. Yeah, I'm fearful, and it should have been stopped. And the Democrats had the power to do it, and they refused to do it. They blocked every immigration bill going forward. It needs to stop. All right, I agree. 
All right. Anybody else have a have a thought before we start round two? If you haven't, if you haven't said something, now's your time to speak up. Okay. So let's go back to the caravan, and let's elaborate a little bit on the military aspect of it. As of yesterday, the military was moved up a grade, or what they call DEFCON three. Okay. And they have been told to get ready, meaning that they've begun staging to prepare to deploy to the border. Now, there are a couple of issues when deploying to the border. The primary one is called posse comitatus. Now, I've heard a bunch of right-wing windbags say that it doesn't apply if they're facing outward. Oh, yes, it does. They cannot deploy for military purposes inside our borders. Can't. Outside of a wartime situation, and this isn't wartime. It is against the law. It is primarily against the Constitution. So how do you deploy the military at the border and the president have the leeway to do so? Many people are unaware that where we have our border, there is a buffer zone on the other side of our border. Okay, We've got where our checkpoints are, where our fences are, there is about 25 yards that belongs to the United States. Okay, If you are to deploy the military, they must be in that zone. Okay, They need to deploy with Abrams tanks. They need to deploy with APCs. They need to deploy with what they call uh, tank stoppers and whatnot. And I disagree in the aspect that they need to fire rounds into the air. That is a bad move and politically would be really, really stupid. Um, I'm not opposed to rubber bullets, which is what most of them are going to have. What they'll do, if they do like they've done before, Anybody that's manning any of the uh, gun positions or the tank commanders, which are the ones that man the the top guns, um, they'll have live ammo, but most everybody else will have rubber bullets. You, They will try to overrun our checkpoints. It will happen. The U.S. military will have to repel an attempted invasion, but they're going to have to do it in a way that's humane. Okay? I am not, will not, and shall not advocate putting a bullet in their heads when they try to come across unless they are violent and try to harm one of our soldiers. Then, take off the safety, put it on three-shot burst, and have at it. Okay, but that first, when they first come up, if there's a way to stop them without killing them, that's what we need to do because this is a PR move. Okay, and what is happening is whoever started this caravan, the timing really stinks for the Democrats, and they know it. Because this will push independence. In the Wall Street Journal CBS poll that was released this morning, when asked about border security, independents give Republicans almost three to one, 75% want Republicans in charge if border security is a major issue. 
okay, of independent voters, 39% of them see border security as the number one issue. Pay close attention to that. 39% of independent voters see that as the number one issue. Now, whereas 39 seems to be less than 50, uh, and it is, but for the matter of this particular voting block, 39% is a big chunk to get. Because of those independents, the second most important thing is the economy. Guess who they want in charge of the economy? Republicans, by 65-45 margin. Okay. So, do I think Democrats were directly behind this? No. As a matter of fact, I think Democrats are pissed and scrambling, trying to figure out how uh, to deal with this and not have this an election time issue. Because they cannot win with this being an election issue. Okay. So, as far as president... I'm sorry? I, I just want to ask a quick question. Going back to they can't form on our border, so they have to go over to Mexico? No, they can form on our border. But it has to be literally right on the edge, and it they have to stop them. Here's the big thing. In order for those people not to be granted or allowed to seek asylum, they cannot touch U.S. soil. They cannot get one ounce of dirt from the United States on their shoe. If they do, that's it. That's like an anchor baby. If that anchor baby draws the first U.S. breath and his feet dry, that's it. It's over. That's a U.S. citizen. Okay? So the military, they're going to be playing a very tricky, and I do stress very tricky, game. I uh, go down there and before. dig some ditches and put some damn gators in them <laughs> on the other side of the border. Welcome to the border. Our piranhas. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Put them on on the other side, so they they ain't even in American in America. Just dig dig some great big old ditches. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I'll take care of the population. Put some shark fins on. Put some shark fins. Put some shark fins on some tuba fours and float them around in a circle by electric. Okay, so, so let's look at this from let's look at this from a military perspective. Trump has said, "Hey, I'm sending them to the border," um, and I do believe he will. He's already issued the DEFCON step-up order from CENTCOM, and it's happened. Okay. I think they're going to go down there. Now, here's the deal. They're supposed to arrive here in approximately 40 days. Okay, I've heard 44, I've heard 36, but we're going to say 40. Now, one of two things is going to happen. The election is going to happen, and Republicans are going to win, and they know they're not getting anywhere with a Republican Congress and a Republican Senate. 
so this group of people dissipates. Number two, Democrats win the House, Republicans keep the Senate, the military starts to show up and deploy on that border, and I got news for you, most people aren't going to want to tangle with the military down on that border. Okay? Mexicans aren't going to want to tangle with them. These refugees aren't going to want to tangle with them. Okay? So, they turn around, they go away. Third option, they don't send the military to the border and our checkpoints get overrun. And we have, let's say, 15,000 people seeking asylum into the U.S. Once they put their feet on U.S. soil and they're seeking asylum, they must be given, according to our own laws, a hearing. And given how backlogged we already are, and it's taken a, a year to two years to get a hearing right now, even with the judges that have been sent down uh, to the southern borders by the president to speed this process up. So we do what's called catch and release. Okay, And the U.S. can stop some of that, but where in the hell are we going to put 20,000 people? On the border, but the California. You know, I don't disagree. You want citizenship? Here's some bricks and mortar. We'll yep. send you to California. Do you want to build a wall? Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> final thoughts on the final thoughts on the border issue, and we will come to Tricia. Okay. In regards to the comment that I made earlier. I don't wish death on any of them. They're just not welcome in the United States. So what would be I, your I plan if if you were President Cat Lady and you had to deal with this problem, how do you deal with it? Send the troops down, just like Trump's doing. And what are your orders? What are your rules of engagement? Uh, like you said, no live bullets. It's, it's, you know, they're not supposed to be there to kill them. They're supposed to be there to stop them. And that's it. If they can't stop them, then yes, that's when they have to start using force. You're going to have to um, yell that again because I didn't hear you. I said, if it comes to it and they have to show force, then that's when they they return to live ammunition over the head at first. Then well, I think if, I stop, think if the I think if the rubber bullets don't repel them, I don't think I think if the rubber bullets don't repel them and they still try, I think you have to go to live ammo because at that point it becomes a security issue and you got to cut them down. True. And However, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. If they have to shoot them with live ammo, my suggestion, aim at the legs. If you, uh, then if we get you, to take care of them the rest of the Then we get to take care of them the rest of their lives. Yeah, right. 
Not their own, not uh, their and own besides, American our, property. Our military is trained to kill, and they need to be allowed to do their job. So, Nurse Killjoy, let's go a different direction with you. Excuse me. We have individuals come into this country, so let's say 20,000 people, and we don't know what immunizations the children have had. We don't know if they're carriers of TB. We are starting to see versions of polio reappear in the United States, something that we eradicated 50 years ago. Um, from a medical aspect, how should that be dealt with? Uh, what do you do? Well, they have to get there first. But, you know, obviously these people have not been vaccinated. And, you know, yep. they do have major, major health problems. Um but I haven't seen any on TV. They keep talking about their blisters, but I haven't seen any. Um, I don't know. You have to get. You have to get uh, deal with it when the time gets here. If they're allowed into the country, if they file asylum. But I understand they had to file for asylum in Mexico before they could even get to the United States. I they, they, they in fact, me. are supposed to, they are, in fact, supposed to apply for asylum in the first country they come to, and then you work it out from there. Mexico gave them a pass through, which is what Mexico yeah. does when uh, yeah. third world, South American country people begin to migrate this way. They let them on through under the instruction that they are to go to the U.S. border. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd cut off aid to Mexico until they get their head out of it, but um, well, I think that's a coming. I think that yeah, I think that's going to come if they don't uh, do something. You know, but as for these diseases, hell, we got them here now. I mean, how do you inoculate against this now? I mean, you've got 22 million illegal immigrants here. You don't know what, you know, uh, their health is like. You don't know if they're going to see a doctor. So you're sending, we're paying for these children to go to our schools, and we don't know if they're vaccinated. And they they have to be vaccinated before they're out in school. Well, the parents can lie. It's also Yeah, work. but we don't. I guess my thing is, is that I'm operating under they're never going to make it past our border. But once they're down there, there is a humanitarian aspect of it, okay? Does the United States go into that neutral zone and say, okay, uh, set up MASH uh, units and try to help these people medically? Do we say, look, you're not coming into our country, but we are willing to help you out a little bit, and here's how. Um, And I'm going to take... I happen to agree with the boss lady, but I'm I'm passing it along. Okay, so we've got, we know there is a security issue with the medical side of it because they could be disease carriers. We know there's an issue with the people coming across. 
because there's no way of us knowing who is and isn't in this convoy of people. We're not designed to handle this many migrants, whether illegal or legal. And the truth is, the South American countries and Mexico are basically giving us the middle finger. Yep. Yep. So. Time for them to get it back. We will. I will ask this question, and then we will we'll give our final thoughts on this, okay? Green Bean, it comes to you. Does the rules of engagement include the use of deadly force? If they're warned to turn back and they don't, that they are invading our country illegally and they are told to turn back and they don't, then they need to be able to use whatever measures they need to in order to protect our border. That is what it means to protect your border. Do you think when Great Britain was bombing our border, when they were trying to maintain control over the United States, Back in the day when we, when we wound up getting our freedom, that they cared about using their bombs from their ships over to our land, and if it was going to kill anybody? They didn't care. You have to reach a point where it's like, you know, look, this is our country, we have built this country, and we're not going to give it away to a bunch of people because some yin-yang president has advised them all to come down through Mexico in Spanish saying, yes, we can. Sorry, not going to cut it in my book. So, yes, I want my President Trump to show them his backbone and protect our border because that's his job. And whatever it takes. I think in two in years, border, that's the first time. Whatever it takes in two, to protect the border. In, in two years, I think that's the first time I've ever heard you call President Trump your president. Congratulations. And do you know something else? You know why? Because he called Ted by the name he should have always used for him last night. And he also gave him credit for being the one and only who has helped him the most since he's been on the job. Jill, he's been saying that for quite some time. Well, Lion, listen. First time I heard it. Lion, Lion Ted graduated to Texas Ted. Okay. Now, Lion Ted was always L-I-O-N. They just had the spelling off. No, I, I thought it was L-Y-I-N. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, anyway, he graduated. So, of all the topics we've discussed... He didn't need to graduate. And we're going, we will be going back to this caravan on Friday night. As a matter of fact, on Friday night's episode, a lot of our, a lot of our episode is going to be centered around this, centered around the last one that come up, what happened, how it was dealt with, and how various government agencies are preparing to deal with this from a law enforcement perspective and whatnot. I've got some research to do but we'll be ready to talk about it on Friday. All right, final round, one-minute roundup. Give me your final thoughts. We will start with Killjoy, or uh, 
feel good. We'll do we'll do nurse feel good today. Nurse Thank feel you. good. One minute, go. Um, nurse good bar. That's what I'm gonna start calling you. Whatever. Um, I think it was right for President Trump to send the troops down. And um, thank God, um, only use deadly force if it's warranted. Don't go down there slap happy and, you know, shoot the first one that comes across the border. Um, You know, if they uh, show violence and threaten our troops, yes, then use deadly force. But other than that, turn them away, turn them back, send them home. Good night. Merry Christmas. All right. Thank you, Trish, for Cat Lady. Again, if they have to use force, then do it. We need to stop them in their tracks. They must not cross our borders, period. Okay. That's all there is to it. Chairman. They can't cross our borders. Well, I think they need to be very careful on how they treat them if they do get to our side because that will be on every milk carton and every, you know, every campaign sign in 2020. So I think it is imperative that we are super careful with how we do approach them and how we do house them or or what what have you. Like I said, I think the thing that will – help everybody. It'll give them a place to live. It'll give them, give them housing, fooding, food, and medical, and let them go down there and build the wall. And that's, that's their citizenship, and that's their pay. I mean, that's, that's a win-win situation. But I do think, you know, the optics, we need to make sure the optics are good, and uh, send them back. Thank you. Uh, Green Bean. Well, the one last thing I got to say about all of this is just this, and that is that, um, you know, I heard a reporter say um, that within the last several days, and I don't even remember who it was, but someone on Fox, and I happen to agree with them. There's a lot about Fox I don't agree with, but nevertheless, I happen to hear one uh, make reference to the fact that if we allow them in this, this, you know, exorbitant group of people to come strolling in, like we did the last time that they came through, they came, a lot of them were able to get, many of them were able to get over and California was just welcoming them. The point is, is that if we don't stop them, they're just going to keep sending groups like that. It's going to it's going to repeat. In other words, it's going to repeat itself over and over and over again. So we got to do something different. And just campaigning and saying that people can't come in illegally is not going to get it done. And since Trump did say at the uh, at the convention that he was going to bring back law and order, maybe this is the best time to to show the other countries of the world that he means business when it comes to the United States. And, you know, what better place to have it happen at our, than at our borders? 
that we're not going to tolerate this stuff. And I think that if he does take a strong arm approach and he does handle it that way with the military, that they will turn the other groups will think twice before they will do it. At least in those large numbers like that. I mean, they're always going to have problems at the border, but I don't think it's going to be on that kind of scale. All right. Thank you. My final thought is this. We are in a political climate where one group of people cares about the country, the other people care about ruining our country. And last night, President Trump said he was a nationalist. Now, today, a lot of liberal media groups jumped all over it to mean that he was a far right-wing white uh, supporter and to hell with people of color. When, in fact, a nationalist is a person who has national pride in their country. I, too, am a nationalist because I bleed red, white, and blue through and through. Okay? And if that makes me a racist, so be it. I'm an American racist, so you can kiss my butt. But it's like this. I don't think there's a color to that. <laughs> okay. If you, if, here's how the optics from the political side of this play out. If the, um, if they go down to the border and they try to cross it and a U.S. serviceman gets injured, or God forbid killed, all hell will break loose and this country will be fully behind the use of any deadly force to protect yep. our borders. Yep. yep. If on the flip side the military is proactive and kid or woman gets hurt in this, there will be some sympathies and it will change the narrative of the story. So they do kind of have to be very careful in how they play this game. Okay, but it's like this. President Trump will have the backing of at least 65% of this country if he stands firm at that border and says, you are not coming in here. Even if it's at a stalemate and they hold them in check in, that, in Mexico, because sooner or later Mexico will have to make a move. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that the administration's on the phone with them now saying, look, the smartest thing for you to do is to grab a bunch of them up, fill up your cantinas with busboys, and get to work. Or send them back down to the southern border because we're going to punish you if you don't. Because Mexico is saying, oh, well, they overrun our checkpoints. Bull hockey. Because I know for a fact Mexican federales will open up on people coming across that southern border and kill them. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So they let them through. Now, having said all of that, we are Republicans for the most part, or independents if you want to be uh, confused about who you are and claim you're an independent, even though there is no such thing as independence in this country. And simply say this. We are a Christian I have used the term independent today because that's what was in the polling, but there is no such thing as an independent thinker in this country when it comes to politics. You're either to the right or you're to the left. There is no in-between. All right, so having said that, 
We are a Christian nation. We are a compassionate nation. And we did, in fact, get our founding from Bring Me Your Huddle, Tired and Huddled Masses. However, there's a right way to go about that. And I'm all about going about it the right way. If the Red Cross, which I've noticed is traveling along with this little convoy, wants to, they could tomorrow have tents set up. They could provide all the medical care with uh, the No Borders doctors people. And they could solve a lot of their problems and turn them around. They could also provide liaisons with these other countries to put these people to work. But most importantly, and the question that I have to ask myself as a U.S. citizen, if my nation were as piss-poor, ratty-assed run as theirs is, and somebody in the government told me to get the hell out of my own country, I got news for you. The only thing that's going to do is piss me off. And I'm going to go get all of my weapons, and I'm going to defend my home, the United States of America. And there would be others that would join me and defend my home. And when I look at this bunch of people coming up on this convoy, caravan, a bunch of illegals crossing and breaking the law, I see a bunch of able-bodied young men. Okay? And I got news for you. Those young men that we see are not hard scrabble. I've seen them dancing around, playing around, like having a good old time. None of them look like they've missed too many meals either. Okay? So the question is, why won't they stand fight for their own country? Why is it that if those countries oppress them so bad, why are they carrying the flags that are representative of the countries they're coming from? Right. That's right. There are people that would gladly give up their identity as Guatemalans, as Peruvians, as Hondurans to become American citizens if given the chance. And yet these people want to march up here. They have no English background. They have nothing. And they think that we should accommodate them and they should be in cliques. And at the end of the day, this country can only take in so many people. We've taken in what we're supposed to take in for this set of months, and these individuals, A, are not politically oppressed, B, they are not, poverty is not a reason to move from your country, because you can't find a job is not a reason to move from your country. If that was the case, this country would have been empty during the Obama years, because 95 million people couldn't have found a job. Yeah. As tough as it may seem, and as tough as it may be, If you want something different for your country and your home, you have to rise up and you have to change it. In 1776, on July 4th, we sent a letter to King George that said a big F you. And we stood up and we did what we had to do. In the Civil War, we had an issue. We stood up, both sides decided that the other side was wrong. We went and fought it out. We did what we had to do. Okay? We've always done what we had to do. And I cannot, for the life of me, understand why these individuals, if they are what they claim they are, which I'm proving that they are not, would be run out of their country. I would not be run out of the borders of my country. The only way they would take me out of the borders of my country is in a casket stretched out doing the gangster lean, because I'm not yeah, going any damn where. That's, that's all of us that are used to freedom. They have never had their freedom, have they? 
Venezuela has been a semi-free country. Guatemala has been a free country. These countries aren't, well, Venezuela is under a dictator, but these other countries are not under dictators. What they've done is they've run their country into the ground, and these people, they don't want to work, okay? Or they've pissed off the cartels, and the cartels have said, look, get gone or get dead. Well, cartel can come tell me to get gone, and I'm not, because this is my home, and I'll be damned if you're going to run me off of it. And I have a big problem with these people not willing to stand and fight for their countries. You want to change how uh, Venezuela, Honduras, these countries are run, stand and fight for it. Yeah, you may die. That, that, is, not, that is not a debate. You might actually die defending it. But I would rather be a damn dead hero than a live chicken. Yeah. Okay. And to... Uh, me just a second here. By the way, there was breaking news that I thought I would mention to you. They just I just saw it announced that they've revoked visas of the Saudis from over here. Okay. I don't know if it's the, I think it's the Saudi uh, uh, government. Well, Trump is not buying that explanation from them. Right. Right. It it was Pompeo that announced it. (laughs) That their visas were being revoked. Well, they are are going to start to, they're going to put pressure on them until they come out and say, hey, this is what we did. Yeah. Whatever they have to do, you know. Yeah. We may not have to do anything with that storm coming. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching that too. <laughs> Although I did hear someone say something about the the I the fact that um it once it like gets over a certain area there that would break up and it would just barely be raining like that it wouldn't get that much, but yeah, famous last words. <laughs> uh. well, time will tell. All right, it's been a wonderful episode, everybody. Remember, you've got to stand for something. You fall for anything. Freedom is free. Thank you, soldier, for without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank linemen out there working hard to put power back. Uh, because that job is a hard job and a lot of times a thankless job. People don't worry about where they get their power just as long as they have it, and those guys have very risky jobs, especially thank independent linemen that are not controlled by unions. Uh, I have a late person. They do a great job. Late breaking, um, anyway, even the unions, even the union workers do a good job, but I like independent workers because they can think and do on their own and don't have to have a union telling them what to do. So, until next time, we will be simulcast uh, until the second week of November. We'll be simulcast with Political Straight Talk. I want to thank the panel for participating, and on behalf of the Ragtag Patriots Board of Directors, Have a good night, everybody.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.